This is the second Sunday of a new year. And, um, you know, you think turning over a page in a calendar is a natural line of demarcation where people want to start something new, do something new. But, you know, really, it's just a page. It's just a day. And unless something happens inside of us, I don't think any change is really permanent. Maybe you read my Beacon article. I've noticed uh, a lot of advertisers in recent weeks advertise. What all they advertised? Diets, exercise equipment, um, stop smoking, get out of debt. All these things that people try to do at the beginning of the year. And honestly, I've tried diets. But things that start on the outside don't always work their way in. Jesus, on the other hand, starts on the inside and works his way out. That's where real change has to start. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the sermon is entitled Newness of Life. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5.17 and then Revelation 21, 1-7. You're familiar probably with both of these passages, but I'm going to use them in conjunction with the Lord's Supper this morning as an opportunity to indicate a new life is possible right here, right now, around this table. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul is writing, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So Paul is saying if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, you are a new creature. You have been created from scratch. It's all new. And then John, over in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, has a vision of what that new heaven is like. And why it's so relevant for us today is that we don't have to wait for heaven to experience this newness. We can begin to experience it right now, right here in Tifton, Georgia, January 11th, 2015. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat up on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he also said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the fountain of water of life without payment. He who conquers shall have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Just reading this, a transition takes place. It says, um, verse 3, he will be with them and they shall be his people, talking collectively. But down here in verse 7, I will be his God and he shall be my son, talking individually, personally, intimately. God is not just the God of his people, he's also the God of you and me. And it doesn't get any closer than that. Let's bow together. Father, as we 
are still on the threshold of a new year with, with a few resolutions perhaps still hanging on. We want change. We, want, we need newness. We need some things to happen differently in 2015 than they did in 2014, but we can't do it, Lord, without you. And it's not superficial changes that start on the outside that we need, but it is a new beginning in our hearts and souls and minds that only you can create. And so we thank you, Lord, this day for the Lord's Supper that is a tangible reminder of the newness of life that you offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever have the trouble of getting on the internet and looking up something and then just getting carried away and not being able to stop what you're doing? I did that this past week because I became interested in Cassie Bernal. Do you remember her? She was the 17-year-old girl who was killed in Columbine, Littleton, Colorado, about 15 years ago, April 1999. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold entered in their library and asked everybody who was Christian to stand up and began shooting them. They asked Cassie Bernal if she was a Christian, if she believed in God, and she said, yes, I believe in God. And she was shot on the spot. And I began searching that, and I didn't want to get carried away with Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold, and their evil and their hatred, because there's a lot has been written about them in that particular psychosis that they experienced. But I was more interested in Cassie Bernal and who she was and how she had come to the point where at the point of death, facing a gun, she could stand up and say, yes, I believe in God. What was it about her that made her different from all the rest? Come to find out that a few years earlier, Cassie had dabbled in the occult and witchcraft and, and a gothic lifestyle, wearing dark and and uh, after a while of doing that, she discovered that it didn't have the answers to the problems that she was looking for. It didn't have the solutions that she needed. And someone gave her a Bible and she began reading it and she gave her life to Jesus. And when she did that, she gave everything. She gave everything to him and she was reading her Bible in the library that morning when she was killed. Her brother on the night of her death was going through some of her papers in their home and found something she had written in a diary that two days earlier, two days before she died. And she wrote, now that I have given up on everything else, and you know now what she's talking about, I have found this to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. So whatever it takes, I will be the one who lives in the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. Cassie found out how to live the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. Because apart from Jesus, friends, you are dead even if you are alive in this world. But with Jesus, you are alive in this world and you are alive in the world to come. Cassie gave up everything when she gave her life to Christ. One of my favorite verses, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is therefore no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. So when you become a Christian, you literally die to your old self. You crucify the old way of life as Jesus was crucified on the cross and you become alive to a a new life in Christ made possible by his presence living within us. And I believe that this newness is worth celebrating here this morning. Everything that Jesus lived and died for is available for us today. We have it to look forward to in heaven, but we don't have to wait for heaven to begin that new life that God made possible for us in Jesus. And this Lord's Supper is a tangible reminder of what Jesus has done for us and the newness of life that is offered. Because when you receive the Lord's Supper, when you receive the bread and the cup, you find forgiveness from the past. Everything that you brought into the present moment, every mistake, every failure, every hurt, every pain, every suffering, you don't have to drag it with you on through 2015. You can leave it at the foot of the cross and let it stay there. And you can face the future with all of its opportunities and options and newness. And I don't know all that God has in plan for you this year, but I know it's a perfect plan. And the part of that plan that we don't realize in our lives is our fault and our sin. Because if we are perfectly in tune with God and his will, his plan for 2015 will be perfect. I don't know what past you bring with you today, but we Baptists are so adept at dragging guilt along wherever we go. Sometimes I think Catholics have an advantage over us here because they go to a priest and, he, and they confess their sins and he tells them what to do and they go and do it and they receive full absolution of their sin in their minds and hearts. But we Baptists, we confess it to God And we're promised that when we confess our sins, forgiveness is granted. But then we leave and we take it back and we take it up again. And we feel like I didn't do enough. If I could could just do something to experience forgiveness. But we don't have to. Because Jesus did it for us on the cross. And that's what this Lord's Supper symbolizes. And so a future is possible. The past is behind us. And we can have a new life. Right now, right today, right here, January 11th, 2015. The Apostle John was exiled on an island in the Aegean Sea called Patmos. And about 15 years ago, Susan and Catherine and I had the opportunity to to travel to to that part of Greece and uh, the Aegean Sea, and we actually stood on that island where John had his vision of revelation. And uh, he was living, it wasn't a cave, it was more an outcropping of granite that was over his head and it wasn't very high. And they told us not to touch anything, but while the tour guide wasn't looking, I touched the granite outcropping that John must have placed his hand upon and leaned upon as he glanced eastward across the Aegean Sea toward the churches that he was writing his revelation to. And he knew they were suffering. He knew they were struggling. He knew 
they were hurting. And in the midst of that, he had this vision of a glassy sea in heaven. And I could see that glassy sea as I looked out over how smooth and tranquil the Aegean Sea was between the island and, and the mainland. And he wrote about a new heaven and a new earth. And in verses 3 and 4, it, he really drives it home. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. And listen what will happen. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. John is writing about a new heaven and a new earth. And he wrote it down. He wrote his vision down and he says, there will be no more tears because God will wipe them all away. There'll be no more crying because there'll be nothing to be sad about. There'll be no mourning. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. And our relationship with God is not just with his people, but it's going to be with you and with me individually and personally. And that newness of life that is offered in heaven can begin with us today, right now. He affords us that opportunity, finding forgiveness for the past and preparation for the future. And I can't imagine a better, more symbolic way to, to personalize that and to embody that truth than to receive the Lord's Supper. Have you ever locked your keys in your car or in your house and locked yourself out? You know, now they have these electronic things on doors and you can push some buttons and it's, hard, it's harder to lock yourself out, but if you try real hard, you can still manage to do it. Uh, a few years ago, we had a wedding here and I think a bridesmaid was in the parking lot and in the, in the hustle and, and bustle of getting out of her car and getting all of her stuff for the wedding as a bridesmaid, she locked herself, her locked her keys in the car. And so I came inside and got a coat hanger and went outside and we tried that for about 15, 20 minutes to no avail because the new cars aren't as easy to break into as the old ones were. Not that I was ever good at doing that, but <laughs> wanted to appear helpful. We ended up calling a locksmith, and, and $75 later, in a few minutes, he had the right tools, and he had the right experience and training to get into that car door fairly simply. I think a lot of people are trying to unlock and start a new year, but they don't have the right key. You can't just wish it will happen. You can't just change a few things on the outside and think it's a new you. It has to start on the inside. But the good news is that Jesus can enter our hearts and give us a new beginning and a new heart. We can die to ourselves and our old way of life. And it's not a gradual death, a transition into newness of life, but it is a sharp line that cuts between who we were and who we are and who we are becoming. Because when Jesus comes in, the old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. I believe Cassie Bernal is alive today, more alive than she ever was here on earth. 
even after becoming a Christian. Because we can be alive in a way that death will never hurt us. And we have nothing to fear. Because there'll be no more tears and no more crying and no more mourning and no more death and no more pain and suffering. For the old has passed away and everything is new. I've been uh, saying Happy New Year to several people in the past few weeks and I got to thinking about it and, and a lot of people base happiness on our outer circumstances and our successful surroundings on all these things that happen around us. If everything is perfect, then we can be happy. But you know what? Everything is never going to be perfect. And so I don't want my happiness based on outward circumstances. Jesus says that we can have joy. Joy when he comes to live in us. I love John 15, 11. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus tells us how his joy can be in us and that joy be made complete. And it's when he comes within and cleanses us and forgives us and gives us a new life. That joy brings peace. And so in the early church, when they observed the Lord's Supper, they would always conclude it by saying, the peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. The peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Because when his joy is in us, our joy can be complete. And complete joy, my friends, brings peace like nothing else possible. Let's bow and receive the bread and the cup, the forgiveness and the joy and the peace and the new life that we desperately need. Bow with me. Father, as we come to observe this Holy Supper, we realize that when Jesus distributed the bread and the cup in that upper room on Thursday evening. He knew his death was imminent. He knew that suffering was a cup that he wished would, would pass by him. But nevertheless, it was your will that he affirmed. And so God, even though we don't know what 2015 has in store, we want your perfect will for us. We need to be forgiven and cleansed of our past. And we need a fresh start. We need a new life. The kind of life that you can offer that will make us fully alive, living every moment of every day under the leadership of your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We want to be new creatures where the old has passed away and all things are made new. And we pray you'll do that for us now. In Jesus' name, amen.